Welcome to The Sears Show. Join us as we explore medicine, health, mental health, mindset, and fitness, guided by lifelong seeker of knowledge, Sifu Raphael. He will lead us on a transformative journey with groundbreaking insights and extraordinary guests from around the world. Together, we'll dive into the latest holistic approaches to well-being and the profound connections between mind, body, and soul. Sifu Raphael's expertise in positive thinking, resilience, and personal growth will inspire you to reach new heights. Get ready for the Sears show. It's time to embrace a brighter, healthier, and more empowered future. Good morning, Fallon. Thank you so much for joining me on the coaching call. Uh, coaching call. I have so many shows. The Sears show. I apologize, everyone. Um, but, you know, when we even think about this, because Fallon is a coach and she helps so many people. But this is the Sears show. I appreciate you being here with me this morning. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here, Raphael. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So today we're talking about mindset. Wow. Uh, I just... You know, there's so many people that are talking about mindset nowadays, especially after the pandemic, everybody went to that. But we always have to realize that there's different ways that we can look at mindset. And I'd love to get your take on it. Wow. I I feel like mindset is this ever unfolding journey. We are not automatically born with a strong mindset. Sure, we come into this world with little conditioning. And as we progress through life, as we get older, our mindset changes because of the conditioning or the experiences or the traumatic, chaotic things that happen to us. But I ultimately think that if we can navigate our mindset in a way that helps us grow, there's always going to be fear there. But Mm. if we can grow from that, then we can build a stronger mindset. And mindset isn't just your mind. Mm. It deals with your physical body. It deals with your emotional body. So I would honestly say mindset is the one of the crucial things that we are gifted with. Yeah. <laughs> the mind can certainly be a challenge sometimes. And it's an everyday practice to strengthen your mindset mm. and to st- have a pause. If you're having some negative thoughts, take a pause and be like, one, why am I thinking that? Two, what do I want to be thinking? Because what is going to get me to where I'm trying to go? Mm. So that is probably a long-winded way of me describing how I look at mindset. Yeah, yeah. So I also want to discuss, you know, how we can feel vital through our mindset. How can we feel like we're making a difference in this chaotic world that we currently live in? How can we feel we are making a difference? Mm. Well, look at your life first. Mm. Are you being filled up first? 
because I've done this so many times before where I try to externally fill everybody else's cup up, leaving my cup run dry. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't help the other party either. Mm -hmm. So I would say, look at how you are filling yourself up. What are you doing in your day-to-day -day lifestyle? Is it just waking up, going to work, coming home, making dinner, watching TV, going to bed and repeat? Mm -hmm. Or is it something that maybe you enjoyed martial arts or maybe you enjoyed coloring as a kid what are those things that help you fill your own cup up first because then we have a better capacity to unconditionally serve other people and i think that that is one of the most pivotal things that we can do while we are here i i agree with that to make every day unique so that not every day becomes groundhog day again right it's not the same thing what did you do yesterday? Same as I did the day before and the day before and the day yeah. before. How well, was you're you here the quote. You're here the quote. Living the dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> and I get a lot of this. How was your weekend? Oh, same as always. What? You know, if you're not living the life, because when we, we go forward in our lives and, and what are our last days going to be like what are we going to remember what are those pivotal points in our life that we can say i really lived the dream and not yeah. only did i dream about it but i actually implemented action plans in order to live that dream because living the dream is is just a saying but actually doing it it's a whole different ballgame isn't it yeah, absolutely. I think if we can be in that observer mind, the mind, like the witnesser of what's going on around us, whether that's it is your metaphysical body standing right beside you and you're observing yourself and seeing what you're thinking, how you're eating, how you're communicating in your relationships, I think that is also pivotal because if you can observe, if you can be that awareness, then you have a more capacity to actually choose differently to, mm. you know, step outside of that fear. Because I think a lot of us, I know myself included, it's like we have these little minds and it keeps us in this box of fear of, oh my gosh, what if this happens? What if somebody passes away? It's It's trying to protect us. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a survival mechanism, no doubt about it. But how is that keeping you imprisoned to living the dream that you would like to live? Mm -hmm. So every day, every day, make it count, right? Yeah. I yeah. would say if, if today's my last day, what are the things? Because we don't know. It could be. I mean, I'd be terrible because I want to, I want to see tomorrow. But what if we knew you wake up and you go, this is it. At 11.59 yeah. p.m., I will no longer be. What would you do with your day? What would I do? My goodness. Well, I would probably spread more love. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would be grateful for the family and the friends and the previous experiences that I had because it built me into the person that I am. Mm. And I think if I was to close my eyes, to not think that I was going to wake up again. I would probably be outside in that moment and just allow all my cells to absorb the beauty that I have in this physical moment. Mm. And 
I think I would find some sort of peace, honestly, because it's not like we're ever dying, maybe this physical body, but I think like there's a next stage and mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of a beautiful release and surrender to the next step. Right. You know, I, I would consider how many people would actually sit at home and watch TV. Right. Because we do yeah. that every day. Well, not me personally, but most people do that. Yeah. And without thinking that if I'm sitting watching TV, am I living or am I coasting? There's a difference, right? If, if I'm just going to, uh, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you want to chill and, you know, take a nice 60 minute break and watch a, a, a show Hopefully you're streaming it so you don't have to watch the 500 commercials. But are you going to do that for six, seven hours when you only have, you know, 18 hours left? Right. What would you do? What kind right. of foods would you eat? Who would you call? Let's say, you know, you have a loved one that maybe is not around. Um, because let's say your parents or your siblings or someone, would you even make that phone call? And then the question is, do you do that regularly? Do you call your loved ones on a regular basis? Do you reach out? Do you say hi? Or you do go, mm, I'll talk to them next week. What happens if they pass and you didn't get a chance to say, I love you? Yeah. And then you live with guilt or shame, like, oh, man, I should have done that. Mm. Yeah. And I think I love your word of coasting when you're watching TV. And I can also throw in the word of coping. Mm. You know, that is a way to just shut off our brain because maybe our capacity is uh, at a at its bandwidth <laughs> during <laughs> yeah. the day. And now we just need to completely be numb <laughs> because yeah. we don't know how to um, healthy cope. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, one of the things that when I was younger, I would watch TV and then I would watch TV and then go to sleep. And sometimes I would even have a TV and fall asleep to the TV playing. And man, that is not me anymore. I have grown so much. I'd rather be reading, uh, you know, understanding something, learning something or writing. So before I go to sleep, one of the things that I, I do is before I, I actually fall asleep. I go through my gratitude of what I'm grateful for, the things that have impacted my life. And then in my mind, I'm going through what's going to be tomorrow. For me, it's always about growing because if I already know that tomorrow is going to be exactly like today, then I don't have to think about it, do I? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think one of the things that's helped me sleep better for one, but also kind of put my mind at ease is also that gratitude practice and I will deeply breathe alongside of that and just literally recap my entire day play it through mm -hmm. my mind what had happened you know randomly yesterday I saw another um, bird feather just on my trail so it's just like these random things that mm. can bring it with it a different consciousness or just a knowing that the universe is guiding you in some fashion. So mm -hmm. playing through your day is so important because 
it gives you clues. It gives you clues for the next day, for the next year. And it's just all about being that observer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So experiences. Yeah. Experiences, unique experiences. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm working on a program um, with a colleague and we are going to be giving people experiences that they've never had. And when we consider the experiences, there's, it's not enough to experience, I think. I think it's deeper if we can learn something from the experience, if we can gather, if we can grow, because watching Netflix is an experience, right? Sitting down, having coffee with a friend is an experience. Sitting by yourself is an experience. But what can we gain from it? Can we get a, a, a better understanding when we're sitting with a loved one or a friend or somebody we care about or somebody that maybe is in trouble and, and we need to somehow help them along? Is that an experience that we can learn from? Honestly, I think if, especially if they're older than you, I'm not, I'm not trying to be biased, but if they're older than you, I always have found a there's so much wisdom there because mm. they've had so many more years. And so just listen, <laughs> honestly, <Okay. laughs> just listen. And yes, you will gain a lot from their experience. And even, even somebody that's younger, mm. you know, maybe you can see part of yourself in that younger person of, Oh, I remember, I remember mm. I used to think that too. Mm. And you're still learning. You're still gaining from that experience because then you can honestly see how far you've grown. Or maybe there's characteristics that you admire in that younger person or older person. Mm. So there's always opportunity to gain from everybody else's experience if you can be in that awareness state. Because sometimes if somebody's speaking, whether whatever age, whatever gender, it might trigger you. And that is, again, an opportunity for you to say, why is that triggering to me? Why can't I just let that go? There's something in you that needs to be looked at. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I appreciate the fact that you brought, brought it back to younger as well, because it's, it's so interesting how people of all ages have a different point of view, but you only see it if you're open. If you're close-minded and it's only my way, you'll never see the beauty of what someone else may bring or even the complexity of what someone else may bring, because we assume they're young, they don't know anything. And yeah. that to me is, is such a terrible thing to do because we waste a lot of our time thinking we have all the answers. Meanwhile, someone else with a different view, a, a, a different perspective, a different experience even in the same thing that you've gone through can tell you something even if you did it 20 years ago and now they're going through it but their perspective is so different because they have a different focal point than you did yeah i love that absolutely what, what's your take on social media when we are thinking mindset hmm that's a big one <laughs> yes i think sometimes i do have resistance for social media depending on what you're consuming depending mm. on how long you're letting your brain run and scrolling mm. 
And I think it can feel overwhelming. And part of the reason why a lot of our society has anxiety, I think, is because of, of these screens of social media, of consuming, like, you have to be a certain way to be accepted. And we mold ourselves to that so we feel accepted rather than truly accepting our authentic self. And I'm saying this because I'm experiencing it of, well, what is my authentic self? How can I express that without feeling this fear of being judged? Because we judge everyone. It's just a part of us. It's not to say that we have to act on that part, but we're observing that part of us that is judging. And I think social media can also be a blessing. It mm. can be a blessing because we're having this conversation right now and we're not even in the same room. Mm. It can be a blessing because depending on how you're consuming it, it can absolutely be a blessing because it's a connector. Yeah. We have the opportunity to grow from each other from afar. Mm -hmm. So I would honestly say it's a it's a split sometimes, but yeah. I'm yeah. I'm leaning more towards the positive because it's how I'm using it and what I'm putting out there. Mm -hmm. you, you know, when we consider social media, there is so much positivity that we sometimes forget that there is in there because it has so many negative connotations to it that maybe maybe a lot of people are like oh i can't deal with this stuff but it depends on what you're searching for so if you social media is smart because if you search for something positive it'll and you continually search for that it'll start to bring up that information even youtube will suggest videos similar to what you're looking so if you're looking for motivational videos it will say hey we found these other social media or these motivational videos that are gonna impact you or, or what you're looking for and google does the same thing right so we are getting into a deeper space when it comes to suggestions because ai is now being used by all social media in order to tap in to what it is that we're looking for. If we look for ambulance chasing type of material, that's probably all we're going to see. If we're looking for, you know, car crashes, all this kind of, that's what we're going to see. If we're looking for gains, that's all we're going to wind up seeing. So it's, it's, it's in our hands how we, can see social media. But a lot of people don't realize that. Hey, why am I seeing these ads? Why am I seeing these things? Because you're telling it without knowing it, right? That this is what I want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love And I have recognized that in the content that I see as well. And it's kind of like, whatever we put out there, we get back. We get more of it back. So it's what you're focusing on absolutely continues to expand. So mm -hmm. ask yourself, what are you actually focusing on? And are you seeing that in your day-to-day -day life? The, the only thing that, that does not impact us is in, in a suggestive way is the books we read. We finish a book and there's not somebody saying, knocking on the door, hey, you got to read this other book, right? But if you were to read a book um, through even Kindle, they might, because it's a, it's a network, they will maybe suggest another book because these are the types of books you're reading currently. 
But if you read a physical book, which is all I do, I don't read books on Kindle. I don't, you know, read books on a computer. I don't, if somebody sends me a book through PDF, I'm like, not going to read it um, because I'd rather not be in front of the screen. So I'm, I'm an avid reader, but I like to physically hold the book. That for me, oh my gosh, that's like, it's like candy, right? You go into a, a, a candy store, what do you want? You want candy. For me, I see a bookstore, I'm drawn to it. This past um, Sunday, I went with a friend and we went to New York City and we were walking around and both of us, because he's also, he's an author, he's an avid reader as well. And we're walking, we see a, like out of nowhere, a bookstore. And we both looked at each other and we go, we got to go. So we walk in and it looks like a regular, and then we walk in and it's, all I'm seeing is kids' books, kids' books. And I'm like rolling around, what's over here, what's over here. And then in the back of the room were two authors who were, one was talking about gangs in, in, in New York City and the, and, and the opi- opioid problem and this and that. And then I'm looking around, looking around, and I'm like, wait a minute. There's zero adult books in this place. But there's two authors who authored adult books, no kid books. And they're in the back having a discussion, and there's a group of people sitting there and the discussion was really incredible and i was like wow this is really cool but what's going on here it's it's having adult topics in a kid's bookstore i was like god that's kind of strange and then we i said wow what that woman is talking about sounds so interesting i would love to have her on my show i didn't have we didn't stay there for the whole duration but i was like wow really interesting and the fact that we were both drawn to a bookstore, and then I started looking at all the books, you know, the kid books and so forth, fifth grade, you know, was primarily what the content of the whole bookstore, you know, fifth, third, fourth. But I don't think it may be eighth grade, and they're all storytelling books, and it was interesting. But for me, I was drawn because it's a, it's a bookstore. Mm-hmm. And then the content of what was going on inside was like totally different. So that was kind of interesting for us. Yeah, that's interesting. You just went with your intuition and then you you had that experience. Mm-hmm. And that's it, right? Experience. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what we, I think that's where mind growth comes from when we look for experiences, when we look to gain either um a better understanding, knowledge, or um, just to to get a, a different feel for maybe even something we already know. Yeah, yeah, and we can't. We're never gonna know it all. Oh no! And learning happens in stages. Of course, it happens as you gain these experiences, and you have maybe two years from now, you have another realization of an experience five years ago when <clears throat> the same experience could have looked different to you tomorrow, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's this continuous growth that happens. So I think it is really about being present, as present as we can over and over and over again. So tailoring it back to your breath gives you this ability to be more present. And then maybe we can learn from the experience or 
if we didn't learn something, it's probably going to repeat in some fashion <laughs> until we can learn from it. One of the things that when we started today, you kind of touched upon it is we have, if you, you said you were sitting next to yourself, right? If, if we actually consider that we are two beings, not that we're schizophrenic, but we actually have two minds, right? We have a right and a left, but we actually use those to conjure up thoughts, ideas, concepts, even protect ourselves because one of them is going to say, you need to do this. And the other one's going to go, well, why are we doing this? And so there's this conversation that we have with one another or with ourselves, really. When I say one another, I mean like me, yes. myself, and let's put a third person in I, right? Yeah. When we consider that, it's this inner dialogue that really assists us in so many ways. Should I eat this food? Should I not eat this food? If I eat this food, so one of the things I always tell people is talk to your food. Say, what are you going to do to me once I consume you? How are you going to make me feel? Am, am I going to feel lethargic? Am I going to feel energized? Am I going to feel bloated? What are you doing to me? So it's this conversation that I have with my food. <laughs> and and it's, it's that understanding of I have the power to control my actions. But sometimes I first need to go through that dialogue mm -hmm. of how will this serve me? Yeah, I love that. And I, too, talk to my food. <laughs> I, say, I say a prayer prior to eating the food. Now, I love the concept of, I feel like as I progress in my own journey, the thought of foods I might have consumed many, many years ago, like fast food or, mm. you know, bad fried food or whatever processed types of food. When I look at it now, I'm not even pooled to mm. eat it. Right. So most of the time, if I'm eating something out of routine, um, it might be dark chocolate chips <laughs> i mean you know and so it's like i don't actually ask myself oh how are you serving me right now you know are you giving me more magnesium that i might need from the chocolate or are you giving me emotional coping so it it's interesting that you ask yourself that question of how you're serving me because when i think of a plate that's in front of me and i really think about where it came from because mm. as I'm growing where I purchase my food is changing I go to an organic farm mm. market and so it's like I'm envisioning the chicken running around in the pastures <laughs> I'm envisioning how the crops were grown without these harsh pesticides so mm. all of that you might if you do that you will feel your mouth start to salivate because it's this digestion process is already starting before you even take a bite of your food and I noticed it really impacts your digestion because oh, yeah. you're intently thinking about how it's nourishing your cells. Mm. I, I had a conversation with a woman. She was 75 years old, worked out three times a week, and then two times with a personal trainer. She ate extremely healthy, and she ate one meal a day. And can I tell you, she looked 25. She was absolutely gorgeous. 
and her husband was the same way. And one of the things is, for her, it was always about, I know the chicken I'm eating, because I used to go and visit it. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting. <laughs> for her, she knew everything. She didn't buy things. She didn't buy something frozen at the supermarket. She knew the food she was buying. She lives, she lives in Italy. So she would go to the farm next door to her and say, well, you know what, uh, is my chicken ready? <laughs> you know, so these kind of things. It, do I get the fresh corn? Am I getting the fresh tomatoes? Am I getting everything fresh, 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 fresh? And she was so vibrant. And her grandchildren were around and she was teaching them how to eat right and all these different things. And for her, fast food was not a thing. You know, it, it maybe if she had pastas because she made the pasta herself. She didn't buy it at the supermarket. And when we consider the way we eat, fast food has totally changed the way people even have to visit the doctors because fast food is taking them to the doctor sooner than later because they're having so many problems because of the processed foods that they're eating, all the different things. When I was a kid, I think I used to have to walk two miles to a McDonald's and that was a treat. It was not every day. It wasn't on my way from school or from, or from work. It was a treat. I can't tell you the last time I was in McDonald's. I pass them all the time, but it's got to be more than 35, almost 40 years since the last time I was in one of those places because it's, I'm not a kid anymore and I wasn't having those streets. And I, I remember that the milkshakes they used to have, they were amazing as a kid, but Am I drawn to that memory? It was a fond memory because I went with my friends. We laughed on the way there. We had a great time. We ran, we played. And then after we ate, we all, you know, we walked, we ran, we did things. We didn't get in a car and sit and have a sedentary life afterwards, right? So we were totally active going, totally active afterwards. So that is the dynamic of how I've lived my life. I've always been extremely active. And I think what winds up happening is people blame being tired. And then they make an excuse, because I'm tired, I'm not going to go home and make food. I'm going to pick it up on the way home. And then because I'm tired, I'm going to sit on my couch and I'm going to eat that food watching a show Oh, and by the way, um, I bought all these snacks for after, for my next show. So what winds up happening is we're not living intentionally. And when I talk about intentionally, I'm talking about long-term intentions, right? Yeah, that short-term gratification. And I think, you know, your experience with your friends is an experience that you had, which was beautiful, but yet... Now you're choosing to have different experiences that do support your health. And even with this short-term gratification, that's also social media. 
the short-term mm-hmm. gratification of someone liking your photo, the gratification of receiving a package within 12 hours of you ordering it. It's like mm-hmm. this short attention span that we're developing as technology continues to increase. And it's just an awareness that we need to have because our focus gets deterred so easily today. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people can't focus on what they want, on what their goals are because of just conditioning. We're, we're conditioned to look at something quick, then look at the next thing, then the next mm-hmm. thing. And I think if we can, again, bring it back to the present, we can grow that attention span. We can grow that focus. Mm-hmm. When, when we think about... The, the way technology is moving forward. And I'm so grateful it is. Look, we're not next to each other. We're far away from, from one another. But we're having a clear, engaging conversation. I can see you. You can see me. You can see my gestures. You can see the way, even if I move my hands, right? And without that, we probably may, and even the telephone is a technology, and even if we didn't have cell phones, we still had technology because we had the wired phones back in the day, right? I don't even see people on a wired phone. How many people at home even have a home phone? I don't anymore. I used to, but I'm like, hmm, I don't need it. I do have it for my business, though. You know, for, for all my businesses that I have in every one of my businesses, I have a phone, a landline, because those are still needed for business, I believe. Um, but maybe not. Maybe technology so so well uh, intact that you don't need a landline. For example, one of one of my friends, he has two iPhones, and and the other day we were sitting down and he pulls them both out. I'm like, why do you have two iPhones? He goes, one, one's for work, and one's personal. I'm like, huh, interesting. And I said, why couldn't you connect both to the same phone? He goes, well, because my job provides me with my other iPhone, my work iPhone, because I'm on call. He said, I get it. I understand. But it's still cumbersome if you think about it. Well, at least technology has allowed him to be on call and not necessarily back in the day when you were on call, you actually had to be by a landline, right? So now he could be anywhere because technology allowed him to do that. He was sitting in my, one of my conferences, conference rooms, and uh, that's when he pulled out the phones. And I thought it was kind of interesting. That is, that is interesting. Right? Yes, it's going to keep evolving and mm-hmm. as, as we do. And so it is this continuous adjustment that we just need to move with. <laughs> you know, I think if we resist things more, it feels more heavy. Mm. But if we just allow ourselves to continue to change, it might still feel heavy, but it's not as heavy. Mm. One thing I don't want is I don't want you to be an AI image that I'm talking to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to know that you're a live person and we're having a conversation because believe it or not, that's what they're trying to do now. They're trying to have podcasts with AI. Wow, did mm. not hear that. <laughs> That's interesting. It, it would be interesting because how genuine will those conversations be? And right. can I interview an AI? I don't know. <laughs> right, I don't, I don't know either. 
I don't know either. I don't even know how fun of a conversation that would be because could you try tricking it? Could you try asking it questions about experiences? You couldn't. I don't think so because will AI be able to say, wait a minute, like, let me look at my database so I can tell you how I feel. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's one thing I'm not looking forward to. And hopefully it doesn't come that way. Hopefully yeah, we can I'm still hoping. have communication <laughs> yeah. with one another. Yeah, I'm hoping so. And I think I think it might even create more of a need or a desire to have those one-on-one -on -one interactions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll give people an extra oomph to to say, wait a second, like, let's actually continue this human interaction. Because I think yeah. a lot of us do depend on technology and we still have the capability to choose which direction we'd like to go. So it's, a, it's kind of like that fine balance of what still feels like we're progressing, but also like how can we still connect mm -hmm. with each other in, in a genuine and truthful way. I had a, uh, I have a friend of mine who is an AI. He, he he's 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 got ser several patents in AI, and he mentioned that he had been on forty podcasts in a month. And I said, "Wow, that's interesting." And I said, "How many were you really on?" Being that you probably created the AI that looked like you and spoke like you, so I, I was just kidding with him. But and of course, he he had a good laugh with that. But when we consider what AI is doing and how it's, 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 it's helping technology, because if you can consider that a doctor can do a better operation because AI is assisting, because AI is going to do the imaging way better than a regular image would nowadays. So when we can even consider what a plastic surgeon can say, hey, this is how I can help you, um, you know, change your look or, or so forth, because AI has adjusted the, the operating technique so that a surgeon can do better, whether it's, it's somebody who's doing an emergency uh, operation or somebody who's doing an elective surgery like plastic surgery or somebody who is having liposuction or any, any of these different things. Because if it can assist the doctor to be able to perform it better, then I think that it will assist in a way where we can have a better quality of life. Because if a surgery that may take six, seven, eight hours can now take four hours, if it can shave some time off, that's going to be a better recovery time for the patient. So I think that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. I think that would be extremely beneficial. And again, like my mind's going, well, I'm sure it's going to also make them more money because they can batch more people in and get them out. <laughs> and also another part of me is saying, well, then that gives people more of an excuse to eat crappy foods because then they can just get liposuction in mm. one afternoon. You know, so it's like my mind's like, well, yes, there's so many benefits and there's, also, so many other things that we can we can think about too. Yeah, if we look at, it's almost like insider trading, if you will. 
right? Um, if you think that way, if I get the best deal so that I can make the most out of it. And sometimes that, that can be harmful because oh, who are we hurting in the long run, right? Yeah. So I, I think if we use technology to advance our growth, our mindset, then we're in the right place. But if we use it to try to take advantage where we do the only the shortcuts and that's all we are looking for, instead of how can this serve more people? How can this be a benefit? Then th- there's where I think the difference comes in. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say is, is one takeaway that you've noticed in the last 10 years for your personal mindset and your growth? Hmm. Honestly, I think for a large part of my life and still have these, I have these tendencies to do this, this pattern or play out this pattern is having other people fulfill some sort of void inside. Other people can also be a food. Other, mm. It can also just be outside things trying to fill something that's missing inside. And I think over these last 10 years, it's no, there's nothing missing in here. There's nothing missing in here. We are absolutely individually a unique person. We are completely whole perfectly imperfect. I'm sure you've heard of that phrase. And Mm -hmm. I think these newer perspectives that are getting ingrained in me and bringing me back to my truth and back to my authentic self is, is the diet, how I'm eating, is the rest. So over these 10 years, it's like, as I'm progressing in those physical things, food, sleep, exercise, different stress reduction, which could include journaling, meditating, Mm -hmm. somatic experiencing, parts work, all of that stuff is making me more whole, which in turn is strengthening my mindset. So it's it's this balance between what we're desiring, but also there's pain involved. There's a lot of pain over the last 10 years for sure, mm. but each pain brought with it an experience that now is turned into a lesson that I can take with me into the next experience. So I think just doing one thing at a time. When I first started my transformational journey, it was the diet. And then it was another lifestyle factor, then another lifestyle factor. And it continues to build slowly onto that. And then it was involving the emotional body. So internal family systems, somatic experiencing, and also meditating. So it's these little steps in the right direction to strengthen your mindset, to strengthen that core soul inside to say, you are loved. You don't need anything outside of you to tell you that. You you just gave a blueprint to our listeners, didn't you? (laughs) I love it. I love it. Because those are the things. Those are how we can also develop um, a relationship, if you will, with that I, right? With that me and I, those two people who are going to help you and guide you. And then once we can establish that relationship, 
then we can do the external relationships that we need to build upon. Like you've been on, on my show. This is the second time coming around and I love it. And I thank you for that. And every time that you and I talk, I, I get to, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I get to know you more and I get to realize that this is why we're connected, right? Because I see you as a beautiful soul. And for me, that that's what I look for. I look for the connections that inspire me, that, that drive me to even want to connect again and again and again and again, because it's, it's, those are the connections that, that fill me right if if you will and then there's there's some connections that you go i don't think i want this in my life so that's where that internal dialogue is where we go do i want more of this or do i not want this right so yeah. thank you for being more <laughs> i appreciate oh, you thank you it's very kind of you i appreciate you having me today yeah absolutely thank you so much for being here with me i think i had a blast we we talked and, and touched on so many different interesting ideas and concepts that I suggest everybody do me a favor and share this episode with your friends, colleagues. And if you're watching it on a replay, hit hashtag, let me know what you think of the show. And Fallon, thank you so much. I know it was early for you. I appreciate you. Go get your cup of coffee or whatever you're drinking, (laughs) tea, whatever it is, and enjoy the rest of your day. Make it exceptional one. Will do. Take care. Thank you. All right, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.